live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City. This is the Jeff Wagner Show. Here is the deal. Let me kind of go through what we know, and then I want to discuss this with you. It's just mind-boggling, and it might not technically be illegal, but if it's not, it should be. The reality is no car insurance, no problem. Nuts to that. Let's get them off the road. Impound the cars. Make the streets safer. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with us. We live in... Well, definitely different sort of times. The coronavirus, of course, continuing to change our lifestyle on a daily basis. But, you know, we are here to discuss it. Actually, the lead into the promo says from Radio City, no, we we have separated. If you want to see what the Wagner Show looks like and where it's coming from, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffWagner620, posted an indicator of that. I'm broadcasting from my home office. In addition... My weekend, well, it was a little bit different than normal. Typically on a Friday night, we would have gone out with friends, sat in one of my favorite restaurants for a fish fry. We would have probably maybe gone out to a movie, done something on Saturday night. That, that of course, did not happen because we live in the age of coronavirus. We're going to be talking in just a couple minutes about how you spent your weekend and how you are coping. That's one of the things we do as part of our electronic town hall. But if you want to, again, see one of the ways we've spent the last couple of nights, <clears throat> follow me on Twitter. It's at Jeff Wagner 620 um, My wife and I have taken to playing dominoes. I, I understand she loves playing dominoes, and so we've had monster games of that. But it is interesting. That's That's one of, again, I think the silver linings that come of this is is because we are hunkering down socially, what's ending up happening is we're actually spending more time maybe talking to the people that we really care a lot about. Because um, I, I will tell you, in a, in a typical Saturday night, for example, I, I'd be, I don't know, searching the TV to find, okay, what baseball game is on or what basketball game are on, or is on. Or, gee, I, I recorded the golf tournament during the day, so now I'm going to sit there and, and watch that. Well, okay, th- those aren't available anymore, so... You know, we're, we're amusing ourselves in different sort of ways. And I think that's all, of course, a, a positive. And maybe that's going to be something that, you know, when we go back to normal, and we will go back to normal at some point in time, when we go back to normal, maybe that's going to be what one of those indicators are. It's that, you know, it, it was kind of cool. We like sitting around doing puzzles. I am told that people who were hitting stores over the weekend looking for, like, jigsaw puzzles and stuff couldn't find them. So that's that's the thing, I think, as we're all trying to figure out, you know, what is the new normal for at least the next couple of weeks or the next week or maybe the next two weeks or whatever. In addition, the big news today is the governor, who has been changing his position on on a very regular basis. Remember, we, we started out no large groups, and then it was no gatherings over 500, and then it was no gatherings over 50, and then it was no gatherings over 10, and businesses remaining open. The governor has apparently decided that he will be issuing an order later on this afternoon directing essentially shelter in place, similar to what they have in other states. And what this will do is force the closure of all quote-unquote 
non-essential businesses. We're going to talk about this in a little bit because right now they are being very they are being extremely vague as to what is an essential business. Now we've got indicators from California and Illinois as to what they consider to be essential businesses, but uh, uh, if it doesn't fit within a certain couple categories. The, the state of Wisconsin is going to be closing down various businesses regardless of you know how many people go into the business, etc. We're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. And the question is going to be, is that an overreaction to where we are now? Understanding, as I said at the beginning of this program, and I don't mean to minimize the impact of coronavirus at all. I mean, it's you, you do not want to get it, and you do not want to spread it to other people. At the same time, right now we have about 400 cases of coronavirus in the state. Five or six people have passed away. I don't have the most current number because they haven't announced it yet today. And in most of those cases, it was people with extreme health situations. I understand that the purpose behind these quarantines, these stay-at-home orders, is to try to prevent the spread so that we don't overwhelm the health care system. And this comes at a particularly bad time because there's a number of people, this is the time of, of seasonal, uh, of the flu. And I understand coronavirus is different than the flu, but some of the symptoms are similar. So you might have somebody who's been exposed to the regular flu, all right, they, they've got a fever, they've got a cough, etc. they feel fatigued, and, and they're trying to get the testing. One of the good pieces of news that came out over the weekend is the fact that it appears that when it comes to medical supplies, the masks, things like that, we're, we're really starting to ramp up production because I think that's one of the big concerns. If you end up working in healthcare, obviously, you know, you, you want to have the surgical gowns. You want to have the masks. You don't want to be unnecessarily exposed to risk. That's number one. And, of course, um, number two, the, the other aspect of good news is it appears that they're, they're fast-tracking the testing kits and more and more of the testing kits are going to be available sooner because at least it seems to me that that's, that's one of the keys that's out there. If people are afraid that they might be carriers and you can get the testing in, people come in, you're able to get the testing in, you will perhaps be able to identify particular pockets, areas of a particular city, areas of a state, areas of a county, whatever, where there appears to be an outbreak of coronavirus, and, and then maybe you can concentrate efforts. Let's get the resources there, and we can try to consider whether or not a one-size-fits-all, let's close everything everywhere, whether that makes sense or does it make more sense to impose different restrictions in different areas based on, again, the extent of where the coronavirus is. All these are different factors, but the good news, if you're looking for some good news, and I understand there's not a lot out there, looks like more testing kits are going to be available. I think that's going to be one key moving forward. And, again, it sounds like from the healthcare perspective, they are getting more and more, and they're making preparations to get more and more of the needed things to the different health care agencies. And I think that's, of course, a critical thing as well. All right. A lot of ground to cover on today's program. We're also going to be discussing what's been going on in Washington. And at least, in my opinion, at this point in time, see, there, there's a time... There's a time for politics. There's a time for political gamesmanship. There's a time for saying, I, I want more, or this isn't exactly perfect. And then there's a time of national crisis. And I will tell you this, I think it was appalling yesterday that the U.S. Senate, on essentially a party-line vote, 
was not able to go ahead and get this stimulus package through because, well, gee, it's only got four months of unemployment, or, or gee, we're not comfortable with all the protections that would stop companies from buying back their stock. I mean, the bottom line is, and I wish some of these legislators would understand this, that there are people who've been out of work, there are people who will, more people who will be out of work, there are people who are scared, and there are people who need help. And this idea that we're going to play politics on these things, to me, that is appalling. But I want to get started, let's get started on, on what might be might be a little bit of a happier note. Our number is um, 855-616-1620. But let's just talk about the last couple days. And again, I, I like to use this program as an electronic town hall. My question is, how did you spend the weekend? And how did that differ from the way you spent I don't know, weekends maybe a month ago. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and, uh, talk and Text Line. Uh, again, I, I, we, I'm sure we've changed our habits in a big way. My question to you is, all right, over the last couple of days, how did you spend your weekend? How was it? And how did that differ from, I don't know, maybe what you would have done a month ago. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Gru is lining up the calls. Back to discuss in just a couple minutes. How are you doing? How did you spend the weekend? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Welcome back, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, we're going to get into arguably heavier topics in a little bit, but I just want to start off by discussing how you spent the weekend. It was a weekend, well, unlike a lot of weekends. Let's start with Kevin in Oconomowoc. Kevin, good afternoon. You're on WTMJ. Good afternoon, Jeff. Yeah, it was a, uh, an opportunity to take the traditional old ride in the country. Uh, Saturday consisted of... Uh, Driving from this area here in Oconomowoc up to West Bend, straight up into Mothy Lake, and then up to Long Lake, uh, both state park areas. Some people there, not a lot. It was football social distancing. I should say football field social distancing. There are that few people. Uh, I was able to grab some carry-out food. Uh, yesterday was a ride down to Kenosha to catch the lakefront down there. The wave accidents brought the camera along. Once again... Nobody around. Um, and the few people that were uh, were like a couple football fields away. So no issues there. Was able to do a car hop service at a local restaurant in Kenosha. Um, and they, too, practiced social distancing, oddly enough, with no signs. Cars were parked at least six to eight feet apart. <laughs> so right. car hop did that. People are doing that. it. Yeah. yeah hey, thanks it, for it, call, it, Kevin. I Oh, thanks for the call, Kevin. I appreciate it. You know, I mean, it is. I mean, I think there's a lot of people doing that, like taking drives. Like Saturday, I'll tell you, Saturday afternoon, my wife said, let's let's just go out and take a drive. And so I, I actually had to go go down to a pharmacy um, and, and pick up some just regular prescriptions, nothing serious. So I had just the regular prescriptions reduced. So we took a drive down there, and then we, we drove <clears throat> up and down. the We drove up Lake Drive and just kind of looked at the different sites, just things like that, just to kind of get out of the house, which I, I found to be, you know, that, that that was good. And I think, you know, people are starting to take walks. I, I just, it was interesting because I was driving around. Even the stores that were open 
Um, it, it Aside from the grocery stores and all, I, I didn't see a, a huge number of people that were there. And, and you know, we saw people on the street that were walking and stuff. But I think in general, people are being responsible. Um, they're, they're taking it easy. They're, they're being smart about it. And that's something that's good to see. Tina in Muskego. Tina, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. I happen to work at a grocery store. I'm a manager of a uh, gas station. Right. And... This weekend, we were busy. You know, things have not slowed down in other places. Um, We are still very busy. But I have noticed that when I come home, my husband and grandson who is living with me, they don't want to be close to me. (laughs) Right. Let me ask you this. Because they think I'm a carrier, so it's like, okay, you got to go sleep in the shed, or you got to go sleep downstairs in the basement. Well, Tina, how do you feel about going to work when we're telling so many people stay at home? I mean, how how does it feel that, I mean, you you got to go to work because people need to buy gas and people need to go into the convenience stores. You know, we, we can't shut off food lines and things like that. How do you feel having to go to work? I'm, I'm fine. I, you know, yeah. I wash my hands constantly. Um, I guess it's, if it hits, it hits. You know, I mean, there's yeah. not much we can do about it. This is the way it's right. going to be for the, you know, conceivable. At least I have a job. That's yeah. how I think about it, and that's how I tell my employees. At least currently you still have a job. So come to right. work if you can. Right, and if you feel, see, and, and, and that's what I lump into the, the whole, see, I guess I just trust people maybe more than some of our government officials do. I, I think people people are smart. My guess is, Tina, the interactions you have with customers, I mean, people are aware of this. Do they kind of keep their distance and stuff? I assume people aren't as handsy as they might otherwise have been. People are smart about this, or at least that's my sense. Is that what you're seeing? That, that's what I'm saying. I'm seeing a lot more, like, masks and gloves. You know, people are more careful about what they touch. Um, right. I'm also talking to nurses who work at the hospital, and they're upset because they're seeing all these people wear masks, and they don't have them. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Hey, so Tina, people thanks are a lot. wearing masks yeah. that don't need it. Right. No, hey, th- thanks for the call. I appreciate it. See, that's, that, that is, that's one of the big factors that's out there, and that, to me, if, if you want to talk about how do we prioritize a response, first of all, it, it's getting the assistance that the people in the healthcare system need, getting the gowns, you know, getting the masks, getting the ventilators, getting access to the tests. Like I said at the start of this, because once you get access to the tests, that can and then that can help you identify, you know, where there there is a, a problem, where there is an outbreak, and of course. We want to do everything we can for the essential health care workers. So I, I get it, so that we avoid, you know, having the hospital swamped. I mean, that that's, I think, the best justification we have right now. And, again, it's one of the reasons why I do think people need, if, if you've got a case of the sniffles and, and it's a cold or it's an allergy or something, all right, don't, don't be running to the emergency room to try to get one of those tests because the chances are, it's probably not coronavirus. 5.8 million Wisconsinites, over 400 cases so far. Okay, so statistically, 
statistically, it's it's not all that likely. Now, if you've got all the symptoms, that that's fine. But you know, I think part of the thing that's going on is I think people are appropriately, you know, in many cases they're sort of freaked out and oh, you know, I, I feel just uh, I'm a little bit unwell or I had a little bit of diarrhea or whatever, and then they're swamping the healthcare system. I mean, I think we all need to be smart about this as well as to how we handle this. Joanne in East Troy. Joanne, you're on WTMJ. Well, hello. I'm glad you're taking my call, and I just wanted to share some of the thoughts that I had with regard to social distancing and what we've done this last weekend. There was actually a joy in terms of what the usual weekends and how they were spent. Uh, First of all, um, we have made a schedule. My husband and I both have the opportunity of doing work from at home which is a blessing, but we try to restrict that time uh, and have a set schedule to do this. We also have um, uh, had the opportunity to um, uh, contact other people, made a list of people who we felt would appreciate a phone call or a text message. Mm -hmm. We've done a cleanup of beds and putting out outdoor deck furniture as a positive sign of better days ahead. I've Mm -hmm. written a poem and shared it with others. And uh, we also made a list of projects that needed to be done months ago and are accomplishing those. In addition, uh, one of our great joys, we're people of faith, and we had the special privilege of uh, attending church services online. Online. Uh, hey, thanks for call. I, I appreciate it because I'm just. I want to try to get to as many calls. Yeah, ex- exactly. You know, the um, our, our church as well went went online, and I, I just think you raised something that's extremely important. That is the ability. I mean, to, to reach out. <clears throat> and we've been trying to. I tried to make a point yesterday of sending some texts to some friends of mine just to kind of see how they were were doing. Um, you know, one of the things that that we've been doing in in our neighborhood is my wife's made dinner for the last couple days, and one of the things that she's done is made made some extra stuff, which has been great. And then we've kind of taken it over to, um, you know, we've taken it over to um, again some friends of ours who, you know, um, were perhaps, you know, so so they had meals, and so they didn't have to go out and they didn't have to worry about it, which has been tremendous as well. Okay, let's take a very quick break. Back with more in just a minute. It's 1227. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Welcome back. So glad to have you with us. All right, here's a feel-good story, and I think we we can't get enough feel-good stories. Let me share a uh, text with you just received. Jeff. So the McDonald's inside Pioneer Plaza in Richfield has their dining room closed. So truckers, and, and truckers are, of course, essential to, you know, keeping the, the commerce moving. And and truckers aren't covered by Governor Evers' and, you know, mandate, so truckers are allowed to do business. So the McDonald's inside Pioneer Plaza in Richfield has their dining room closed, so truckers have to use the mobile app to order by a drive through window. While I was waiting to order, someone in their car in the drive through paid for my lunch. That's a great feeling, knowing that there are nice people not looking for notoriety, just being kind. Thanks to whoever, whomever that was, I will pay it forward in the future. Yeah, isn't, and, and again, I, you know, on this radio show, I understand that the nature of 
what we do a lot of times is we talk a lot about a lot of the bad stuff that's going on in, in the world, and Lord knows there's enough bad stuff that's out there. But I swear, I basically believe that that people are good. <laughs> You're at least the overwhelming majority of people are good, and we all want to try to do the right thing. And I just love stories like that because you do have people who you know have to go to work. You know the people who are working in the key retail stores. They, they they've got to be there. We got to keep the grocery stores open. You've got to keep the truck drivers on the road. You've got to keep the sanitation workers going. You've got to keep the in the mail carriers. There there's all sorts of people in the the electricians and the HVAC people and the plumbers. But those are essential businesses. You know we have to keep open and we have to keep supporting. And you know they're they're dealing with the same sort of stress that a lot of the rest of us are. Now, admittedly, they have jobs, but at the same time, they're doing those jobs under very, very difficult conditions. And I think stories like this, where have just what I would describe as that random act of kindness, how cool is that? So, and again, I, I appreciate the the texter who said, you know, I, I I took note of that. I thought it was very nice, and I've made that mental note, and I want to pay it forward because at the end of the day, I think that's what it's about for a lot of us. Let's let's kind of pay it forward, and maybe maybe that's. I don't know if you have, you know, a couple living in the apartment complex you live in or your neighborhood and maybe, you know, they're not supposed to go out at all. And again, you're, you're making dinner and you make dinner for four people and you decide, OK, I'm, I'm going to make the lasagna a little bit bigger. So I've, I've got those the two extra servings that I can take over to, you know, the people across the street or I can take to the lady, you know, down the hall or something like that. That's the stuff that we can all do, that kind of social contract that, num- number one, it, I think it, it probably makes you feel better, and number two, it really materially helps somebody else out. So how cool is that? All right. On Thursday or Friday, we discuss this in kind of general terms, but it's, it's, it's really kind of striking to me. I got a phone call from um, a, a good friend of mine, called me up on Saturday and said, you know, I, I got a I got to tell you, this is one of the weirdest things that I had seen. He said, I just, I needed to get out of the house. So one of the places that was open was the Cabela's out in Richfield, you know, the, the big, you know, sporting goods and all those type of things. He said, I drove out to Cabela's. And he said, you know, the, the store had a bit of traffic, you know, a modicum of traffic that was out there, except in one area. He said, in one area, I've never seen anything like this. It was like a shopping mall, you know, right before Christmas. He said he went into the firearms department, and at Cabela's on Saturday, my buddy told me that there was a three- to four-hour wait for people to buy firearms. So, I mean, there, there were people that were flocking there, and then, of course, you know, because they have to, you have to run the background check and things like that. But he said there were... He, he couldn't even estimate how many people were there. He said there were people that were all lined up. He said it was all sorts of different age groups of people. He said he saw um, there were men, there were women, there was no sort of racial divide. He said it was just, he said it was this incredibly multicultural aspect, but everybody was there to buy guns. Now the Journal Sentinel ran a story about this last week. Here's the deal in Wisconsin. And one of the ways you can tell this is by, again, there, there's that the hotline that you call when somebody wants to purchase a firearm. On an average day in 2019, an average day in 2019, the number of handgun purchases would be 380 across the state. Um, Black Friday um, of 2019, you know, the, the big Christmas shopping day, 
2,152 handguns attempted to be purchased. The number of handgun purchases attempted last week, every day, March 13th to the 17th, 1,452. So on any given day, 380. Now 1,452. So, you know, three to four times the number of, of guns being purchased on a given day last week as opposed to on average. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, we, we did this, I think, for one segment last week. And I guess I admit I was a little bit surprised by the tone of some of the calls. I, I'm, I'm a Second Amendment guy. I, I have a firearm at my house. I, I have ammunition. But I have to say that just because of what's going on now and the hunkering down and things like that, that if I did not have a firearm, that wouldn't have been the motivator to say, I, I've got to rush out and, and I've, got to buy, I've got to buy guns. On top of that, um, I guess I'm a little bit worried because people – who buy guns if you don't necessarily know how to use the gun, if you haven't been trained, if you haven't learned how to shoot, I, I don't know that it makes it any sort of any better. But clearly fears about the coronavirus, the pandemic, it is motivating people to run out and buy firearms. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, I'm not arguing that the government should shut that down, although I don't know what the governor's um, order is going to be and whether you're still going to be able to buy firearms after the order takes place because they're not saying what essential businesses are right now. But the, but the basic concept, I guess, are you so worried about what is going on now that you feel the necessity to go out and, and buy firearms? Do we really think that civil authority is going to essentially lose control of things so badly that you're going to need to protect yourself or your family from looters, etc., etc. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What is it that's driving these firearm sales through the roof? All right, Rue is lining up the calls. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Like I say, I was told that Cabela's was the place to be on Saturday um, for people buying firearms. All right, we discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us. Coronavirus might be postponing the start of the brewer season, but opening day, well, opening day is opening day. Tune in to WTMJ this Thursday at 6 p.m. for a Brewers Classic, a game simply titled Not Today. We're airing the 2019 opening day win over the St. Louis Cardinals. Tune in this Thursday at 6 as Bob Euchre calls Brewers Baseball. Brewers Classic is sponsored by We Energies, the Salvation Army of Milwaukee County, and the Milwaukee Honda Dealers of Greater Milwaukee. All right, if you're just tuning in, our number 855-616-1620. Um, here, here's the deal. Uh, firearms particularly handguns, flying off the shelves. Have a text here. Jeff, I went to the Fleet Farm in Oconomowoc Friday night. Store was not really busy, but there were 18 people at the gun counter. Huh. Um, I'm, 
I, I guess I, I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, okay, are we really? And again, I have no problem with people buying firearms. I, I'm not that guy. I've got a gun myself. But this whole idea of, of that we're apparently so worried that the social conventions are going to break down, that people need to rush out and, and buy firearms to protect themselves. And, and that's that's what it seems to me has got to be driving this. I, I mean, I, is it really that bad? Let's talk to David in Watertown. David, you're first. Good afternoon. Hello, Jeff. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, yes, sir. I uh, totally agree with you about uh, what's that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, about uh, you know uh, buying guns and not knowing how to use them. Don't get trained. Uh, it's not a good idea. Uh, I'm a trained uh, gun enthusiast, and uh, I've taken uh, a couple of uh, courses myself. I've been shooting for years. I'm 75, by the way, and I did mm-hmm. a. a, a a self-quarantine lockdown last Monday. I got plenty of food and water, so I don't have to worry. But, you know, you hear about outbreaks of, of thievery and breaking in and stuff like that uh, all over the country in certain places, and you never know. If it gets worse, it probably could happen here. People are out of work. They're not making any money. They, they don't have food stocked up, and, and they're going to go get some somehow. And uh, well, if you're a homeowner and you're home, you, you might want to protect yourself, but... You know, people are going out and buying a second gun or a different caliber or whatever, you know, that's fine. But buying a gun for first-time user and using it to protect yourself, you might end up hurting yourself, and that's not good. Right. Well, thanks for the call. Well, see, I get that's that, that's kind of my my concern here. And again, I'm I'm not arguing that people shouldn't have the right to have firearms or anything like that. It, it does. I mean, I, I don't know what the makeup of the people who are rushing out to buy guns are, but, I mean, I am with you. I feel very, very strongly, David, if somebody's going to own a firearm, you need to know how to use it because just having the gun and not knowing how to use it, I, I think, is worse than not having the gun at all. That's just my personal th- position on this. But I guess I, I'm – and that's why I'm, I'm trying to take people's temperature, no pun intended, given everything else that's going on here, about are we really – so worried about our, our inability to control the, this virus that, you know, we, we really think that, gosh, that the civil authorities are, aren't going to be able to control things and you're going to have widespread looting and crime and things like that. If, I mean, are we really at that, that point? And again, my, my perspective in Wisconsin, 5.8 million people, 400 or so confirmed cases of coronavirus. We want to stop it from getting worse, worse. A handful of deaths, primarily people, you know, older people, with compromised immune systems, not minimizing any of that, but is, is this really the end of days? 855-616-1620. Let's talk to Bob in Muskego. Bob, you're on WTMJ. Hi, how you doing today? I am well, thank you, sir. Okay, are we overreacting? I mean, I'm not against people buying guns, but is this is this a justification for running out and saying, hey, i, I got to buy guns? Well, people, they're just panicking. And things are running out of the grocery store. They're hoarding everything. My dad did it during Y2K. He went out and bought, like, several guns just to protect his hoard of canned goods. <laughs> and it, it all blew over, and he was completely embarrassed about it. But but they're just yeah. panicking, and they're just, I need to protect myself and, and, and what I have. Yeah. And I, I guess, look, as you look in your crystal ball, I mean, do you do you think it's going to get to that point? I mean, where 
where you're, you're, that the civil authorities are essentially going to lose control and, and we're going to have you know, roving bands of thieves going door to door trying to rip off toilet paper or whatever or canned goods. I, <laughs> I, I just don't think we're anywhere close to that point. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just afraid that there's an, an element of hysteria that's kind of taking over and we need to, everybody just to kind of dial this back a notch or two. Oh, absolutely. I'm an over-the-road truck driver. Just, I, I, I can't keep up with uh, with what's asked of me to do right now. Right. I, I drive a uh, refrigerated uh, trailer, so it's just go, 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 go. And everybody's just, just completely panicked right now and, and complete hysteria. Right. Yeah. And I, I think people, thanks a lot for the call. And by the way, thanks, thanks for continuing to come into work and do what you do. I, I just... I, I, I think we we can't give in to, to panic. Now, I have a text here. You're assuming all those who are purchasing guns don't know how to use them. Really? No, I'm not making that assumption. I, I'm not. But when you see when you see the fact that on a given day it's normally 350, last week it was you know closer to 15 or 14 or 1,500 gun, handguns, and the fact that this is where people are flocking to, my guess is a good percentage, I, I, I don't know if it's a majority, but a good percentage of people are people who do not own guns who are running out and deciding now we're going to buy them. And my guess is a good percentage of the people who don't own guns now um, aren't, aren't firearms enthusiasts. They're not shooters. In many cases, my guess is they're first-time gun owners. And, and yeah, I, I think it's reasonable to ask the question about, you know, do people know how to use these firearms that they are purchasing? And what is exactly the motivation? And that's the bigger point. It's, are, are we really afraid that civilian authority is, is going to break down? Phil in Delavan. Phil, you're on WTMJ. How are you doing? Hi, Phil. Uh, what do you think? I'm calling in regards to well, it's it's the uh, the civil authorities. You know, you keep bringing that up. That's where the issue yep. is. You, you, out of your own mouth, said that you don't know if Tony Evers' order is going to cover this, where we can't get firearms. So people right. are are hearing that kind of stuff. You've got to look at that mayor down in Illinois did the same thing, and yep. people are saying, "Well, wait a minute. If the civil authorities are going to stop us from having guns, we need to go out and get them now." Yeah, and it, it just snowballs yeah. and snowballs. What you're saying about people that don't have training, you're right. They they need yeah. to get some training before before they even think of entertaining having a, a firearm. But yeah, I guess. I mean, do you think? Yeah, so you think that? I mean, the fear that people might not be able to get the guns in the future because, again, of, of, of orders. And, again, I don't know if gun stores are going to be essential businesses or not under Evers' order. It's very unclear at this point in time. But you think that just the fear that I might not be able to get it is what's driving people to, to get it, whether they know how to use it or not. Correct. Yes, I believe that. Yeah. I, I yeah. definitely believe that. Yeah. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Could you know? Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Could it, it? It could very well be. I mean, and again, I'm I'm not saying that people shouldn't be able to buy guns. I, I'm I'm not. I, I do I do think that owning a firearm is a significant responsibility. There, there's just no question about it. And if you're going to make that decision to own a firearm, 
you better darn sight know know how to use it. Another text is coming in saying, hey, they were at a couple stores and, and ammunition for 9mm uh, handguns is is just running out. It's incredibly scarce. So, I mean, I, I understand how we react that, that you know, when we're, we're faced with times of crisis and uncertainty, we, we react by trying to control things we think we can control. Let's go out and buy two years worth of supply of toilet paper. Let's go out and buy, you know, all the hand sanitizer. You know, let's go out and and buy guns but when it comes to guns if you don't know what you're doing with it you know you yeah i I just just buying it for the sake of buying it is is scary and i'm not sure that this should be a panic type of purchase and yet it seems like lots of people are doing that okay back with much more in just a minute it's 1255 this is jeff wagner Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the program. So very glad to have you with us. If you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620 A number of postings up there, including um, a photograph of, of, of where I'm doing the program from today and the foreseeable future, working out just fine. So very, very glad to have you with us. And special thanks to our, our engineers and my producer, Gru, for making this all happen and making it very easy. And thank you for listening to the program. Um, I'm trying to provide analysis, and I'm trying to be a common-sense voice in a time when I, I think we, we sometimes – get so freaked out that we lose common sense when it comes to certain things. To that end, um, at 1.30 or so this afternoon, the governor is going to be having a news conference, and, and Governor Evers has, I, I, his position has evolved. I mean, 10 days ago it was no gatherings larger than 500. Then it was no gatherings larger than 50. Then it was no gatherings larger than 10. Then it was we're, we're closing restaurants, etc. And he's apparently going to be issuing another order closing all quote-unquote non-essential businesses. Now, so far, they haven't defined what a non-essential business is. We, we know what they've been calling that in other states, but we are going to be discussing that. But I, I want to... I want to hear what the governor has to say before, you know, before we talk about it. And, and we'll raise the question of, does it, even in an area, era of, of trying to promote social distancing and, and limit interactions, all right, if people are going to be allowed to go to the grocery store, does it, does it mean that you, you shouldn't be able to take your bicycle into the local bike shop to have it repaired so you can go out and ride, given the fact that the local bike shop might only have two employees and you might be going in there? We're, we're going to discuss that after the governor speaks. And my question is going to be, are we, are we going too far? And I understand because, believe me, I've been swamped with emails and texts. There's some people who think we're not going far enough. There's some people who already think that we're way past constitutional limits for shutting stuff down. We will discuss, but we're going to save that conversation until after the governor's announcement as to what businesses it is that he's ordering shut down. Okay. Number of businesses are shut down. But as we've been talking about, there are a number of businesses that are, are open, have remained open, and will remain open. Number of jobs need to be done. You know, we, we delivery drivers, truck drivers will continue to work. People who work in, you know, certain the grocery stores, pharmacies, certainly healthcare, they will continue to work. The good side, the good news about all this is they will continue to be paid. And I understand in some businesses, appropriately so in my opinion, they're, they're, giving, they're giving bonuses. 
I saw that one of the big retail store, the big grocery store chains, was saying that they're going to give you know bonuses to the people who are working through this. And I think that's a great thing to do. But at the same time, when there's a lot of us and a lot of people who are, are out of work involuntarily because of the either the, the mandatory shutdown orders that the governor has already put in place or the simple fact that it doesn't make sense for the businesses to stay open because you know no, nobody's nobody's going in there. I mean, uh, we, we didn't have an order closing down travel agencies, but my guess is a lot of travel agencies closed down because I, they, they probably weren't getting a lot of, of new business. Maybe people calling up saying, hey, what's the status of my trip? But, but you know, those... Those businesses are closing down because of just the, the simple supply and demand economics. It doesn't make any sense to stay open. I have a number of friends in the restaurant industry, and even though their businesses are technically allowed to stay open for curbs for delivery or carryout, the reality is that they've closed anyways because the simple economics of it, they can't make enough money. I mean, the nature of their, in nature of at least some of the cases, the business is that, you know, you go in for a, a dining experience. Yes, they've always had carry out, but that's only been a small portion of their business. And most people go in and they, they want to sit there and they want to be served and they want to interact with other people and all. And so, I mean, I know a number of restaurants that even though they've been allowed legally to stay open, they've just closed because they're, they're not doing enough business to make it worthwhile. There are certain exceptions. There was a YouTube video over the weekend of, of the line looked like at the packing house on Friday night down on the south side by the airport for the fish fry looked like there there was like there was like a, like a mile of cars waiting for the fish fry. So there's some businesses that I, I think are thriving, but a lot of businesses are ended up closing down because of the economics. Nevertheless, there are people who are still required to work. And I, I think everybody appreciates the fact that you've got, I don't know, the grocery store uh, sh- checkers who are coming in and the people who are stocking the shelves and the people who are unloading the trucks. I think we all appreciate that that is going on. But sometimes I, I do wonder, you know, what's it like to have to work and go into your place of business and interact with people at a time when other people are being told, don't go out, reduce contact. All right, I want to open up the phone lines. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you are one of the people who has been working, you know, whether you're driving delivery trucks or, you know, pulling produce off the trucks or working in health care or any of these businesses so far, if you've been going in, what what's it been like? How stressful has it been? Are you glad that you still have have the job? Is that the overriding thing? Are you concerned? Are you worried? How are you handling it if you have been continuing to work? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And again, if, if if we didn't make it clear beforehand, I'm continuing to work, but uh, you know, Good Karma Brands, which has been just wonderful during this, you know, they 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 gave me this kit. I've got this thing. I'm in my home office doing the show, um, and it it's just fine. Uh, my producer grew. He's he's back at Radio City pushing all the buttons because he has to be. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you've been working, how stressful is this on you? We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. Let's give Gru a chance to line up the calls. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 
So very glad to have you with us, Jeff. I'm a delivery driver for a submarine sandwich franchise, and although I am extremely happy to be working and customers have been great, and I take my own precautions to keep myself safe as well as my coworkers and those I deliver to, I come home at night feeling exhausted, mostly mentally, from trying to be vigilant all day long. Um, yeah, I get it. Jeff, it's stressful. I work at a gas station. I'm terrified to go by my parents and children. I come in contact with probably 100 people a day. I'm not worried about myself, but all those around me. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start with Glenn in Milwaukee. Glenn, good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. How are you today? Hi, Glenn. I am well, well. thank you. How are you, sir? I am well, thank you. (laughs) I'm um, calling because I'm a truck driver, okay, and I go home every day, and I'm worried about the number of people I come in contact with is high. I go home, just like your texture is saying, I'm more worried about the people that, you know, I go home to. But more importantly is the feeling that as a truck driver, I get to some of these warehouses, and they've implemented Corona-19 uh, hazardous things, and they won't let the drivers in to the building to be able to wash their hands or to use the restroom. They're putting outhouses on wheels outside of the building, yet they still want us to make the deliveries and bring the product to them, but we're not good enough to be able to come in and use the facilities. Wow. And, and, that's happening at the, and that's happening. That's happening at the truck stops. That's happening at uh, state rest areas are getting closed. Yeah. So we're supposed to haul, you know, ten or fourteen hours or whatever number of hours we want to drive per right. day. But there's not a safe place for us to dry or sleep at. The restaurants are all closed where we can park at. And right. yeah, and you need to go to the bathroom. But you, you need to. Yeah. yeah. No. Thanks for the call. I appreciate yeah. that. See, and that is kind of the balancing. I mean, I was hearing that. I mentioned that last week. I was hearing those reports about how they're closing all the, the state rest areas. Okay, well, we we need the truckers, right? We need people, and the truckers need you know places to go to the bathroom and things like that, and they need places to stop. So we have to be we have to be smart about this as well. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jim on the South Side. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you for calling, sir. I work. I work at a tool and die shop out in Richfield, and I'm actually on my way to work right now. We were um, we were issued uh, letters last week Friday that stated we were in a such a business. We do a lot of machining for the government and for uh, gas right. and steam industry, food industry. Um, but all week at work, um, every day I came in, I worked night shift, and there was a different flyer of different things we were going to implement at the shop. Um, yeah, a lot of it was common sense, right? Wiping, uh, wiping down your computer keyboard, wiping down the keyboard at the machine, at the CNC machine, um, practicing social distancing as much as possible. I mean, you need to get your job assignments and stuff, uh, so sometimes you have to interact with your coworkers, but we are keeping a distance from each other. They shut down the lunchroom. We can't eat together yeah. in the lunchroom anymore. We all eat at our at our areas, and um, we're just trying to be smart about it, but um, you know, this is Wisconsin, and we manufacture stuff in Wisconsin, and our customers need us yeah. to make the product. Okay, so are you are, are you apprehensive or are you hesitant about going into work, or are you are you okay with this with the the steps that they put into place? Well, I'm, I'm happy about the steps they put into place. Um, I unfortunately went through cancer. Uh, last time I was going to 
chemotherapy. I, I'm sorry. I'm I, very I'm sorry. I got to let you. Okay, I'm sorry, Jim. I got to let you go. Your, your cell phone was, was cutting in a little bit, um, cutting out. Jeff, I work in EMS. My husband does physical therapy in people's homes. While we're pretty sure that we both would fare well if we became ill, we really don't want to bring this crud home with us to our three kids. Um, yeah. Jeff, I work in a machine shop. We make medical devices and respirators. Well, that's certainly an essential business right now. It's very different. You know, we, we don't talk very much. Um, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jeff, taking it one day at a time, relying on faith and hope. People are cautious, less traffic in person than last week. Let's take a very quick break. Back with more in just a moment. If you're one of those that, that's, that's still working, how are you coping? Back with more in just a second. Back for more. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Jackie in Sheboygan. Jackie, good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? I am well, thank you. How are yeah. you? Oh, okay. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. <laughs> um, I, I'm so far so good. Knock on wood there, but yeah. Um, okay. So what's I'm an what's EMT. the nature of your business? Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm an, <laughs> I'm an EMT, um, and I also work as a clinical bioethicist and family advisor at Children's Hospital, and um, it's been outrageous. <laughs> it's, been, <laughs> it's been like living in another world. Um, it's a lot of the things that are happening with um, with saving some of our PPE. That's the personal protective equipment, um, right. and having it disinfected and reusing it. That. It, it scares me. It, it does. And right. I understand why we have to do it, but it goes against, like, everything we've been trained to do. Um, right. But, yeah, I've been told, you know, you, you come into contact with a known case. Hang up your stuff. We'll spray it with bleach. We'll wait till it dries, and we'll repackage it. Yeah. And I, I'm See, just, that, it seems to me that's got to be one of the keys is getting particularly people in the healthcare industry like you, getting yourself enough masks and enough gowns and enough of the stuff that you need so you don't have to repurpose something. That, that To me, that's crazy. That's, that's got to be one of the priorities, and getting enough tests that are out there as well. Oh, it's frightening. And the fact that, you know, that we've been told, look for three key symptoms. Well, not everybody has those three key symptoms, and they could still carry the virus. And so I don't think I'm... You were asking if we were if, if everybody is apprehensive. I yes, um, but yeah. it's a controlled apprehension. Does that make sense? It, no, it does. Um, let me let me ask you this: Are are you seeing mm-hmm. panic on the part of, of the people that are coming in? Because that's you know that that's one of the things I, I think that's a concern that you have people, for example, who again this this is the flu season. They they really. They, they don't have coronavirus, but they're they're thinking, oh, oh, oh my gosh, I, I woke up and I've got you know I, I've got the sniffles or I've got a cough or a dry mm-hmm. throat or something like that. Are, are they coming in and, and taking attention away from maybe the people who are really really need the medical attention? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and you know with, the thing with with working with with children is that kids when they go into any kind of respiratory distress, um, they they crash. Um, they will do really well, really well, really well, and then, boom, they crash. Adults are kind of like on a sliding scale where they kind of deteriorate um, gradually. Kids don't do that. 
kids will right. will fight, 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 and then boom, and they're and then they're in respiratory arrest, which means they're not breathing at all. So at right. Children's, the the number one reason for admission for years has always been asthma, and now we have you know a lot of parents that are rightfully concerned that this is going to disproportionately affect those those kids a little bit differently than it might affect some kids that don't have it. So, right. yeah, we are getting that, that sense of, of panic. And I can understand that, especially with our special needs kiddos. They're right. really in trouble. You hear about right. the older population, you know, the 65 plus. It's also those kids that don't have strong immune systems that maybe had a bone marrow transplant recently or are finishing up chemotherapy. Those are little people that don't understand fully what's going on. And you can't, it's hard to explain it to them. They can only understand so much at their age, but yet they see their parents panicking. And I think that's that's part of the, the problem, too. Right. Well, hang in there. I, I hope I, I hope it gets better, and I hope it gets better sooner and later, sooner than later. And and thanks for all you do, Jeff. Um, <clears throat> text. I work in law enforcement on a proactive traffic unit, and we have to slow down our contacts, except for reckless drivers. I want to make sure that I stay healthy to continue to protect the community. I'm more worried about civil unrest than catching the virus. Huh. Uh, Jeff, my son is 23 and works in a grocery store. He's very concerned. People get in his face when he's stocking shelves, but store management is so worried about their image, they refuse to let the employees wear PPE. Huh. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, you got to... I, I think that we need to have a balancing, and, and actually, I think for those of us who go into the stores and maybe we get a little bit frustrated because they don't have this or that on the shelf, maybe we need to dial it back and recognize that these are difficult times. Jeff, I'm very grateful for my job and still working. I work for the Walmart supply chain. I consider my job a public service in this crisis, supplying the public with essentials. I'm staying vigilant and glad to have my job. Well, we're glad that you're working on your job as well. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Like I say, once the uh, governor begins his press conference or media statement about his latest shelter in place, they're not calling that, but that's effectively what this is, order, we'll, we will bring it to you. Jeff, I work for the United States Postal Service. It is business as usual. Okay, let's talk to Mike in Milwaukee. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Thank you so very much for waiting. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm well, thanks. I do drive. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I uh, I work in Milwaukee. Also, I work for a chemical company that actually uh, manufactures a lotion for the disinfectants and the stuff that they use in hospitals, dentists, just about everywhere in the country. So I pretty much have to, to deliver this in order to have it produced. Uh, right. But what I find stressful is that both my wife and I are in the higher risk category based on age, plus... She has asthma, and I almost had her move over to my daughter's house just so she doesn't have the exposure to me. And the only exposure I have with my daughter and grandkids is FaceTiming because I just don't want to take the chance. Right. Right. Are you hesitant to go into work in the morning? I mean, does it scare you, or is it just, hey, you've you got a job that's got to be done, so you're, you're showing up? 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, if I was moving something else, I would move it. I Personally, I don't, so to speak, need the money. My health and my wife and family's health is more important. And if it wasn't for the product that I do move, I probably would not be working. Got it. Thanks for the perspective, Mike, and thanks for thanks for showing up uh, at work. We appreciate it very much. Uh, Jim in Milwaukee. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi, Jim. Hi. How's it going? I am well, thank you. Okay. Are, are you? Is your business? Are you still working? Yeah, I'm actually a DoorDasher, and uh, my comments were really twofold. One. The freeway systems seem like a lot of people are uh, driving a lot faster than they should be, a lot higher than the speed limit requires or allows, and it's kind of more scary than it used to be, I could say that. Uh, My second comment is some of the restaurants that I go to, they're understaffed. I I don't know if because they're trying to cut costs and, and make profits or if it's because they have sick employees or what the case is. But when I go there, they're 20, 25 minutes later on the food delivery than I'm supposed to be able to pick it up at. And there's there's right. no compensation for that. I'm wasting like four or five hours a day doing that. You know, it, right. it's, it's frustrating, but we're getting the job done. And I, I appreciate being able to make some money because I know there's plenty of people out there who aren't right now. Yeah, I mean, imagine being an Uber driver or something that even if you're able to drive, there's nobody calling you anymore because people aren't going anywhere. Jim, thanks for the call. I, I Again, I, I hope this gets better sooner rather than later. If you want if you want a shred of good news and you follow me on Twitter at Jeff Wagner 620, there, there's a Nobel laureate um, featured in the Los Angeles Times today who suggests that maybe this is going to end sooner than we think. And I think we all need a little bit of good news. Gary in Milwaukee. Gary, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. How are we doing? I'm doing well. How about you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I am a Service fire sprinkler fitter. I work for a large uh, general contractor here in the Milwaukee area. We are we are still out and about. Uh, I do have mixed emotions about it. Um, uh, like the prior caller, Mike had said, I have a wife with respiratory problems. Um, I'm terrified to bring this home to her. Um, I'm not really concerned too much about me getting it, but uh, carrying it home. Um, we do we do deal in life safety uh, situations with fire sprinklers. Gary, and, I'm sorry. And, and I, Gary, I'm sorry. I I, I apologize. I, I got to cut you off. I'm really very sorry. But uh, Governor, the press conference is just starting, and sure, I ab- um, we'll, absolutely. Okay. I apologize. Um, this is the governor governor's press conference right now. Let's dip in. Of a new normal for weekends in Wisconsin. Many of you also helped your local restaurant owners by placing orders to go this weekend, having the restaurant deliver them or waiting while your food was brought to you at, uh, to your car at the curb. It may not be what you're used to, but I'm proud of the folks of this state who are doing their best to help their friends and their neighbors and their communities. Some of you have donated, in some cases even made masks for our health care providers. Your generosity has not gone unnoticed, and frankly, that's what Wisconsin is all about. All of us pitching in to help each other, and rising to the occasion in times of need. Still, we cannot overlook the deaths that happened because of COVID-19 that occurred over this past weekend. 
Our deepest sympathies are with the families and friends who lost someone to the virus. Over the past few days, I've talked with public health experts and business leaders and local elected officials all across the state. Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, the response I heard is that we need an all-hands-on-deck approach to stop the spread of COVID-19 in Wisconsin. In fact, business leaders have suggested that it's imperative to slow this growth of the disease and that the state cease all non-essential businesses statewide. And folks, all hands on deck means you too. I know this has been difficult and it's disrupted the lives of people across our state. But here is the bottom line. Folks need to start taking this seriously. So today I'm asking for your help. Very simple. We have been working hard to ensure that health and the health and safety of the people of our state as we have responded to the COVID-19 COVID in Wisconsin. We've taken some important steps, but folks, this is important. Time is of the essence. So today I'm announcing we'll be issuing a safer at home order tomorrow. As we work to respond to and prevent the spread of COVID-19, We've had, we've, we've had to listen and, and daily, by minute by minute, to our public health experts and to be mindful of the, our proactive steps that we could and will have um, on our, with that those things impact our frontline workers and our most vulnerable in our communities. That's why issuing a safer at home order isn't something I thought we'd have to do. It's not something I wanted to do. And it's not something I take lightly. We're all in this together, and we need to help stop the spread of COVID-19 and flatten the curve to ensure that our doctors and nurses and healthcare workers have the opportunity to do their important work. You can still go out and take a walk, go for a bike ride, walk the dogs. It's good exercise, and it's good for everybody's mental health. But please don't take any other unnecessary trips and limit your travel to essential needs like going to the doctor, grabbing groceries, or getting medication. Workers providing essential care or services in our communities will be allowed to continue to travel to and from work. There will be additional details tomorrow about what this order means for you. But I wanted to give everybody the opportunity to prepare and plan ahead so that you can help do your part to keep our friends and our neighbors and our communities safe. Now let me fill you in some fill you in on some things we did this weekend and our efforts to protect you from COVID-19. On Saturday, I directed the Wisconsin Emergency Management to ask FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, to assist our state in obtaining the protective medical supplies for law enforcement officers and firefighters who are at risk of direct exposure to COVID-19 while performing their jobs. This request includes 50,000 non-surgical masks, 10,000 face shields, excuse me, 11,000 coveralls, 3,000 N95 face masks, and 35,000 pairs of protective gloves. FEMA will use this procurement process to help fill those orders. 
The request comes in addition to the state's ongoing efforts to obtain personal protective equipment, or PPP, from the Strategic National Stock Stockpile for healthcare providers. I'm also calling on federal officials to help identify additional resources that we can make available to those who are fighting COVID-19 COVID on the front lines. Frankly, folks, this pandemic is a bigger challenge than any one governor agency or unit of governor or government can manage on its own. That's why I've asked experts in the private sector to share their time, talents, and expertise to help us get a handle on this. My great appreciation and shout-out goes to Epic Systems, which will provide uh, project managers and data for our efforts, Exact Sciences, which will boost our lab testing capabilities, ProMega, which will be producing the important reagent uh, materials to be able to do the testing for COVID-19. And I've asked representatives from the University of Wisconsin Health, Health uh, and Medical School and the Wisconsin Hospital Association to be part of the State Emergency Operations Center. I'm deeply grateful for all that they would do to step up to the plate this way and thanks to, thanks to all of them, but there's many others across the state. In addition to the assistance from our private partners throughout the past week, we have been working with stakeholders on organizing five strike teams from the, that are operating out of the operations center to focus on six key areas, specimen collection and laboratory capacity, personal protection equipment and essential supplies, isolation facilities, surge capacities, healthcare worker, childcare, and also contact, uh, contacts tracing and surveillance. These task forces will help ensure our healthcare workforce have the resources they need to serve folks across the state. It is critical that we have these task forces in place before entering a safe at home order. We've made great strides in all this work and we will have many more announcements in the days to come. I am mindful that this is a challenging time for all of us. So on Saturday, we will also, we also announce an extension of the tax filing deadline. Both state and federal taxes will now be due July 15th. I, along with Revenue Secretary Peter Barca, believe that the last thing that you should have to worry about now is a looming tax deadline. Another important date that we want you to know about is and make earlier and uh, is voting on uh, April 7th election. I continue, I continue to urge all eligible voters to get an absentee ballot through myvote.wi.gov. I encourage that. My wife and I just did that the other day. It's very easy. You can, if we can do it, you can do it. This will make things safer for all of us and will give our county clerks room to safely carry out this important privilege of our state that is voting. Again, I continue to offer my thanks to everybody in Wisconsin. This is a challenging time, but we will get through it, and we all have to work together. So thank you very much. Now I want to introduce Secretary-designee of the Wisconsin Department of Health Services, Andrea Palm. Thank you, Governor, and thanks to all of you for joining us again today. I want to get, begin by echoing the governor's sympathy for the families and friends of the people who have died from COVID-19. These deaths are heartbreaking and compel us to work harder together moving forward. 
I want to start today uh, telling you, updating you on where we stand. We have recorded 7,050 negative tests and 416 positive tests. Uh, we remain in the state of Wisconsin uh, with four deaths. As is our usual practice, these numbers will be published on the DHS outbreak webpage shortly. So we're hearing the phrase flatten the curve a lot lately, but what does it really mean? It means that together we must minimize the number of people who get COVID-19 at the same time. It makes logical sense, right? The larger the number of people who have the disease at any one time, the larger the subset of those people who will have severe illness and require hospitalization. So if our healthcare system is going to have the capacity that it needs, and that means enough beds and ventilators and frontline healthcare workers to save lives and treat those who require hospitalization, we must minimize the number of Wisconsinites who have COVID-19 at the same time. And the way we do that is to double down on the efforts we're taking together to stop the spread of the disease. That is good for the people who are very sick, it is good for our healthcare providers and first responders, and it's good for you because it means you are taking the precautions that are necessary to keep from getting sick and spreading the illness to others. To that end, at the governor's direction, tomorrow I will sign the Safer at Home order to further protect Wisconsin from COVID-19. This is a necessary step to slow the spread of the disease and allow us to continue to prepare the healthcare system for this pandemic. As the governor noted, we are working through the final details and we'll have more information for you tomorrow. But we need your help to flatten the curve and protect our healthcare system and our most vulnerable citizens. That will take a deliberate and continuous effort by all of us to stay home. You will be safer, your communities will be safer, and Wisconsin will be safer. Also, please remember to continue your good hygiene practices. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Wash your hands frequently with soap and water. And whenever it's possible, we encourage you to use telehealth to keep visits to clinics and hospitals to a minimum. Again, for your protection and for the safety of our frontline healthcare providers. Additionally, if you're having symptoms, please call your doctor before you go to a healthcare facility. We know that older adults are particularly at risk for complications from COVID-19. And just as schools are a major source of nutritious meals for our students, meal programs are important for the health and well-being of Wisconsin's older residents. So I'd encourage you to go to our DHS webpage where we have spelled out how this important service can continue to be provided safely. Over the last several weeks, DHS has had the full support of our state government. I want to thank Governor Evers and our colleagues across the state for your partnership. We are all working along with our local public health departments and private sector partners to protect the health and safety of Wisconsin residents. Thank you for your efforts during this challenging time. They are greatly appreciated. And now I'm going to turn it over to uh, Major General Knapp, uh, who is uh, the Wisconsin uh, National Guard leader. Okay, this is Jeff Wagner. You've been listening to a press conference involving the, the governor who's announced what he's calling a, a safer-at-home initiative, which 
quite frankly, is very similar to the the stay-at-home orders in other states. Interestingly enough, he's going to be ordering the closure of non-essential services, but the governor right now is not defining what non-essential services are. But essentially, lots of businesses that have elected to remain open over the course of the last couple, uh, last week or so, um, they will be ordered closed. We're going to talk about this in just a couple minutes. Um, stick around. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Let me start off by saying I understand what I'm about to say is going to elicit some strong reactions. Maybe you're going to agree. Maybe you're going to disagree. The governor, in now his fourth or fifth different version of how do we deal with coronavirus, has just announced essentially mandatory shutdowns of all non-essential businesses. Now, I will tell you, I don't understand how you can make an order like this without, at this point in time, being willing to come out and say what you consider to be essential businesses. During the break, I have been swamped with texts from people saying, well, is, is this an essential business? Is it not? And my answer is, I don't know, because the governor hasn't shared that information. They say, well, more information will be forthcoming. So I can't tell you, for example, if, if, you, if you run a hardware store, are hardware stores, are they essential businesses or not? I don't know. Um, a number of people have been asking me about auto repair. You know, so is an auto repair store, you know, the, the uh, you know, let, let's forget about selling new cars. I'm not sure there's a lot of that going on. But what about, like, the, the service departments at car dealers? So I don't know. Now, in some states, that is essential. In some states, it's not. The governor isn't saying. Now, let me give you an idea. Los Angeles County which implemented a shelter-at-home, stay-at-home, whatever you want to call it. Um, They closed everything except for essential services. Now, here's what they defined essential services. But we don't know what Tony Evers considers to be an essential service, but this is an indicator in L.A. City, county government services, health care providers, food and grocery service, Hardware stores and nurseries. So they hardware stores were allowed to stay open in L.A. I don't know if that is an essential service in Wisconsin or not. Plumbers, electricians, exterminators, custodial janitorial workers, handyman services, funeral home workers, morticians, morticians, moving services, HVAC installers, carpenters, landscapers, gardeners, property managers, private security personnel, and others who provide services to maintain the safety, sanitation, and essential operations of properties and other essential activities. That was L.A. I don't know if that is included in Governor Evers' order. Banks. Organizations that aid and businesses that provide food, shelter, social services, and other necessities of life for economically disadvantaged or otherwise needy individuals. Laundromats, laundry service, newspapers, magazines, television, radio podcasts, and other media services facilitating um, distance learning or performing essential functions. So that, that's what they do in L.A. I, I don't know what is included as an essential service. And it does seem to me that if you're going to announce massive closings, you would have the list of what's going to stay open or not. I can't tell you about car repair. Sorry, I know a lot of people are asking me this. I don't know what happens if your car breaks down. Maybe that's not an essential service. I don't know about hardware stores. Don't don't know. We do know it's going to be grocery stores. Um, I Again, this we'll have to take this perspective, but I, I don't know what the answer is. 
Um, let's see. Uh, people are asking me things. Um, let's see. Fleet Farm Ace Hardware says they are essential and will stay open. Okay, well that, that's good. That's that that's a good thing. What about construction workers who work outside and don't come into contact with people? Well, uh, in some states, infrastructure people working on on a set what they define as in, essential infrastructure they've been allowed to um, they've been allowed to stay open. Um, I I don't know. You know, I we don't know, and you would have thought that. I don't know if you're going to order something like this. You would have a list. All right. Now, here's here, here's the background. Let us understand what is going on. Coronavirus is serious. You do not want to catch it yourself. You do not want to transmit it to others. We want to do everything we can to stop the spread. No, no doubt about that. And in particular, if you are a member of an at-risk group, you know, you, you don't want to get it. I mean, we, we want to keep it out of, particularly, we want to keep it out of, of nursing homes. Um, and clearly, I understand what they're talking about when they say you don't want to overwhelm the, the medical system. You know, you, you want to, when they say flatten the curve, the reality is people are going to get this. I mean, it, it's not going to just disappear. They're not going to have a vaccine for it. But what they want to do is they want to make sure that the number of cases don't flood the hospital so they can't provide services. And we do need some time to get the, the masks and the surgical gowns, the personal protection equipment, the PPEs, and also the tests. Now, at the president's news conference yesterday, they were very optimistic that you're going to get the tests, and that's going to be out in the next few days. See, and that's an important thing because then you, you can kind of concentrate. If you have an area there, where there has been an outbreak, you know, okay, we can concentrate resources there. Because keep in mind, there's a lot of places that don't have coronavirus outbreaks. All right, so p- here's also the numbers. Um, so far, in the state of Wisconsin, 7,050 people have been tested. So I assume that means that they showed symptoms. They have tested negative. 416 people have tested positive. 416, and there have been four deaths. Now, the number of people testing positive is going to increase, and I understand we want to keep that number down as much as possible, and unfortunately, the number of deaths are going to increase as well. Wisconsin, to put it in perspective, and I think sometimes we lose perspective with all the the rel, you know the relentless like bad news and stuff, Wisconsin has 5.8 million people, 5.8 million people, And of that 5.8 million people, you have 416 who have thus far tested positive. Now, again, I get it. We don't want to see an infection rate of, you know, 10% or 20% or 30%. So you want to take steps that, that reduce the likelihood of that. And you want to, again, flatten the curve. But, but right now, 416 positive tests out of 5.8 million, four deaths, and I, I don't know the circumstances behind all four. In two of the cases, it was older people that had other health issues. All right, our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. On Friday, the, the governor's order was closing some restaurants, encouraging people to social distance, etc., etc., now, on Monday, we've gone to this next step, which is essentially closing down a good number of Wisconsin businesses, including a lot of businesses that really don't come into contact with, with a lot of people. 
I mean, it's the the bicycle shop that, uh, again, maybe there's the one guy that does bicycle repairs. The frame store where there's two workers that sit in and maybe they'll have three or four or five people come in on a given day, one at a time, to bring in paintings that they want framed. I, I give that a, as an example. The dog groomer that works by herself or himself or with one assistant who just interacts with a limited number of people a day. They're now out of work for the foreseeable future. All right, our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I get that this is a big deal. I, I understand it. I understand you don't want to have bodies piling up. My question to you is, do you think, given what this is going to do to the economy, closing businesses, putting people out of work for who knows how long, are we overreacting? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. Overreacting or, or, or not. I mean, at some point in time, four deaths, 416 positive cases. Clearly, I mean, these are issues. Clearly, we need to be serious about it. But are, are we going too far right now? On Friday, Republican leaders in the legislature said, hey, we, we're with the governor as far as what he's done so far. We don't think it is necessary in Wisconsin to go to the massive closings. Well, the governor has now dropped. He's, he's taken the nuclear option. He's closing pretty much everything except essential businesses, whatever they may be. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Are we going too far too soon? Overreacting, underreacting, or, um, I don't know, just right. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Gru is lining up the calls. We discuss in just a moment. 218. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Okay, I have a text. If you truly cared, wouldn't you rather overreact than underreact? Well, okay. <clears throat> That's an interesting question. But what does it mean to overreact and underreact? Given that by massive closings of businesses, you're going to cause huge economic damage to the people who are now going to be out of work. And I guess the question is, when, when is it overreacting and when is it underreacting? I, again, 5.8 million people in Wisconsin, so far 416 positive coronavirus tests for deaths. Just to give you perspective, I understand coronavirus is not the flu. I get that. Last year in Wisconsin, 92 flu-related deaths last year. 1,583 pneumonia-associated deaths. All right, we, we didn't order mass closings because of the flu. And I, I get that it's different. But at, at what point in time is is there a balancing act? Okay, 855-616-1620. Let's start with Steve in Kenosha. Steve, you're first. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Um, my perspective on it is right now you said there's 5.8 million people in Wisconsin, and there's only been 7,000 tested. That's about, I, I believe, 0.1% of all the population that's been tested. I would think right. that it would be logical that we need to mass produce these tests, get as many people tested as possible, symptoms or not, so then what you could do is weed out the people that do test positive, take the people who test positive, put them in quarantine so businesses can actually keep functioning at basically full capacity because there may not be that many uh, actual people that are testing positive, but the one thing is if it keeps rising because 
the guy next to me has a cough and he's handing me tools. I'm a construction worker. Right. Yeah, maybe he doesn't have the coronavirus, but if he potentially does, it would be nice to have the people weeded out so it doesn't keep spreading exponentially. That, that would be my suggestion. Steve, would you have everybody tested regardless of whether they were showing symptoms or not? Let's say you know your coworker you're talking about feels great. You'd have you, you think everybody should have to be tested? I I I know it, it's a privacy issue when it comes down to it. I would think that it would be best if everybody was tested. You know that would come down to compliance, HIPAA laws, all that different stuff. Yeah. But the guy next to me who says, you know, my girlfriend's boss, he just he might have just tested positive. It's like then why are you even at work? It makes no sense whatsoever because then it puts a potential. Yes, I heard, now this could be rumor, but I heard that it takes two weeks to possibly even show symptoms. So within that two weeks, we could spread it exponentially without anybody even knowing. So if people were on board to get everybody just tested so we could split the herd, get the people that are actually not, even if they're not showing symptoms, but if they have it where it's positive, then we could get them uh, quarantined and just get this thing weeded out and just move on with it. It just seems like we're just pushing it along down the street, looking for you know it, it's financial issues and health issues and everything. And it's just tough. It's a tough situation for everybody, no, and I, I totally see both sides. Th- thanks for joining us, Steve. I I, I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where it's going to be mandatory testing of, of otherwise healthy people. I think what you're going to see is. And hopefully this is going to happen in, in the next few days. <clears throat> More availability of the testing kits. So it's going to start with people who, who display symptoms of that, or it's people who have been exposed to other people. And, and that's going to at least allow you, instead of the, this broad-based approach, that we're, we're closing all the businesses in a, in a county, for example, that, that has no problems or, or no significant reported numbers of coronavirus would allow us to concentrate into the areas where there's a lot of that going on. Sean in Heartland. Sean, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted yes, to sir. say that I think we are overreacting. Big time overreaction. Okay, tell me why. Well, I feel like we're not really paying attention to what's going to happen when we come out the backside of this. Uh, multiple businesses will be closed, will be closed, won't be able to reopen, people won't be able to go back to work, and there's going to be just as many people in dire straits without food and without money as there would be yeah. sick people. So how does that really help us at the end of the day? Well, see, that, that's it is interesting because I'm not sure we're having that conversation right right now. And I understand everybody says we, we don't want to be Italy. Of course we don't want to be Italy. But where is that, that balancing act? Because I seriously wonder, Sean, I'm, I'm with you. I wonder if you tell businesses, you know, you you can't operate. We're going to close you down, and you're not going to be able to operate for a week or two weeks. Okay, three weeks, four weeks. I'm going to tell you there's going to be a lot of businesses that aren't going to be able to survive. They're not going to be able to reopen. That investment's going to be lost. Those jobs are going to be lost. At what point in time? I I do think you have to have that, that balancing. To your point, what, what's it going to look like two months from now if you have completely and totally cratered the economy and put nationwide millions of people out of out of business? You've, you've got to balance it, which is one of the reasons why they've got to get the masks, they've got to get the gowns, they've got to get the tests out quick so we can at least maybe start concentrating on those areas where you really have the big outbreaks. I agree 100%. 
Yeah, yeah, thanks for the call, Sean. I appreciate it. Let's take a quick break. Back with more calls in just a minute. We're going to stay on this. All right, the governor is now saying, starting tomorrow, all essential businesses have to close. And I guess the, the question still remains, what exactly is an essential business? We, we don't know. But are we overreacting at this point in time? As of Friday... Well, you knew what it was. It was the the businesses that were large people congregating, the restaurants and stuff. Are we overreacting to say, hey, that that frame store where maybe you have three customers a day, you're not allowed to stay open for business either. 855-616-1620. This is Jeff Wagner. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Let's talk to Sandra in McGuanago. Sandra, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. How are you today? I am feeling well, thank you. How are you? Now, you're, my note says you're a postal worker, so you're you're essential. And I you're am working. a postal worker. They tell me I'm okay. essential. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think know. you're essential. I'm, uh, <laughs> thank you. I just don't believe that they should have the retail side of us open because. The public comes in, and there's more than 10 people in the lobby at a time, and I just think it's very unnecessary since you can get stamps by mail. You can go online and get them. You can come into any post office with post office boxes that are open 24 hours and access the machines to get stamps. There's scales that you can weigh packages so you know how much postage has to go on it. I think it's horrible that they're letting the public into our facility and possibly infecting us. Uh, um, yeah, you know, it is interesting because, like I say, the, the post office that I go to all the time, I, I, I rarely, with all with all due respect, I rarely interact with the people behind the counter because I go in to buy stamps, you know, and I just I do that at the machine. I put my credit card in, and, and I'm all set. I mean, every once in a while you have That's to, but point. in general... Yeah, in general, you can do that. So you're you're staying open, right? They're not closing the post office. They are not closing it. And, I mean, I get it for the packages. I mean, we do a lot of Amazon. We do a lot of UPS because sure. we're, like, the last mile. So we get right. all of that. And our Amazon has, like, gone up four or five times since yeah. this has all gone yeah. on. And, I mean, I'm part of that area of it where i start at four in the morning and i do all the packages and sort them to the carriers you know but once in a while they have me go up on the window and interact with people and i think that's wrong sandra thanks a lot for the call i I appreciate it and i I don't think anybody's talking about closing the post stuff now look i I want people to understand i'm not saying you you can't do stuff in in a smart way but the governor is now saying all these businesses have to close and you have no choice. And again, we're not exactly sure what is essential and what isn't essential. And I'm just saying that you want to keep this under control. And my guess is there's people walking around that have tested that are, in fact, positive for COVID-19 who, who haven't, sh- they're asymptomatic, haven't shown symptoms. So I, I suspect this is going to get worse. My only point is when you start ordering wholesale closures of, of all these businesses, what, what's the end game here? I mean, and, and when these businesses, if you keep them closed, okay, they can stay closed for a week. All right, that, that's probably not going to destroy and crater the economy. But two weeks, three weeks, what is the end game on this? And I guess 
My big concern is I don't think anybody's actually kind of figured that out because this seems to change on a, on a daily basis. And you, you wonder if this is thought out or whether we're just kind of got a knee-jerk reaction to stuff. I get it serious. I understand that. I think the idea of instructing people, hey, work at home if you possibly can. A lot of businesses are already doing that. That makes eminent sense to me. But, I mean, should we be telling people you've got to close? You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. David in Mequon. David, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, yes, I happen to be a commercial uh, property owner. And one of the things, obviously, that I have to face along with m- the tenants are in the property uh, some of them now, basically all of them, uh, because they're commercial, they're restaurant, bar-related, stuff of that nature, um, they're closed. And for me, you know, I still have to come up with the tax money for the city of Milwaukee, yeah. which is not cheap, along with, yeah. you know, whatever miscellaneous bills, mortgage, all that stuff. And, you know, I... Essentially, in trying to get a hold of the mayor's office, it's it's impossible. They they actually don't have anybody picking up the phone uh, because now the mayor is, uh, I guess, self quarantined. And uh, I was on hold for thirty minutes before I finally got a connection. And they essentially, uh, you know, they I, I couldn't get an answer. So it, it's right. very frustrating. And the same thing with the governor's office. You call the governor's office, you get a literally a voicemail, and their uh, mailbox is full. So you have to, you know, go via email at at this point. So no, and that's. I mean, and I mean, and I appreciate the perspective that you have. And, and let's let's just talk about something, you know, bigger. You know, what about these businesses, these commercial tenants who who aren't able to survive, not operating, mm-hmm. and then then they end up, you know, they, they end up going out of business. Period. I mean, what's what's going to happen uh, then? That that's the nightmare. Yeah, that's that's my whole thing. So now I have to figure out with the rental deferments. You know, what do we do? Are they going to be able to open? Because a lot of these employees are going to be looking for other jobs. People might be a little bit uh, gun shy to go back to the to the places uh, initially, um, and it's you know, and you still have the situation of where you still have some restaurants if they have a drive through or they got pickup, that's okay. But you know, if you just have a small uh, space, you know, that's maybe you could have you know under ten people. They're still right. saying nope. You got to you got to close it down. So it's it's yep. very confusing, very frustrating. Well, it is. No, thank, thanks for calling. And you just you wonder where it ends. Ryan in Lake Mills. Ryan, you're on WTMJ. Jeff, how are you? I am well, thank you. How are you, sir? Good. Listen, the reason I'm calling is because I do subcontract work for the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. They have made a ruling, and I would like to read it to you online, uh, word for word that uh you know that they have uh sent out regarding dot your your drivers drug testing the federal government is about to announce more unprecedented uh information in this at this time for drug and alcohol testing the dot recognizes that in some areas testing sites may be scarce while as a dot regulated employee the rules don't change 
The ability to find those services will become increasingly difficult in the next few months. The DOT statement will read something as follows. You should make every reasonable effort to locate necessary resources. Now, the, the problem I have here is we have the federal government who we elect to make reasonable decisions on our behalf. My question right. is, is, what is reasonable, Jeff? Is yeah. 25 <laughs> miles reasonable to go to a clinic? Is 35 miles reasonable to go to a clinic? Why is it, and, and this is just so typical of government, nobody is willing to put their stamp, their thumbprint, and say, this is the rule. What they're saying is, is simply reasonable. What, your definition yeah. of reasonable is different than my definition from reasonable? The other question I have is, is this. Does the federal government, is the federal government going to take responsibility for sending drivers to a clinic or a hospital to have these drug tests done? And in turn, will they be paying these individuals if they get sick and die? Now, they've well, made that's... the ruling. You must go do this. There is no exceptions, but yet you're putting the public in harm's way by making them go ahead and do this. Right. No, thanks for the call. I, I appreciate it. No, and it's, I mean, these are all the things that are are working through. Um, Jeff, I just came back from our local True Value hardware store. For whatever reason, it has been considered an essential business, will not be required to close. I was the only customer in the store. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, tell you what, I, th- that makes sense. I don't think we should be closing hardware stores. I don't think we should be closing car repair stores either. Um, your car breaks down. I, I think you should be able to, to get it fixed. Um, is that going to be included in the governor's order? I, I don't know. Um, I think, you know, he, I, I don't know, I'm not sure he knows. And I guess one of my beefs are if you're going to roll this thing out saying we're closing essential businesses, you would have thought that, you know, you would have made it available to the public clearly what is essential and what is not. Jeff, I think this is a complete and total overreaction. Our economy is on the brink of collapse. We as a society have lived through polio, swine flu, West Nile, etc. We will make through this also. I can't understand why shutting down the world is the answer. It will only prolong the problem. All right, Jeff, absolutely not overreacting. Um, This is, you know, we've got to shut this down so people aren't going to get um, sick. Um, 855-616-1620. Let's take a quick break. Back with more calls in just a moment. For a show up on time, prepared with all the parts, upfront in writing, straightforward pricing, 100% satisfaction guaranteed, guru of furnace and ACs, call Polar Express Heating and Air, 262-367-3266. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I very much appreciate you spending the last couple hours with me. We're going to continue to broadcast during this. Um, again, if, if you have, if you want to, if you want to see where I'm broadcasting from right now, you can check it out on Twitter. It's at Jeff Wagner 620. Um, we have, I mean, our, our company made the decision that for people who could work at home, they, they do work at home, and so it, it's been fine for me. But I, I've got a picture of where where I am. And after the show, if you heard a little bit of a barking dog in the background, I apologize. Our my dog is been at my feet for three hours and heard something outside but we'll put a picture of the two of us sitting there um jeff um why are financial institutions considered essential um and, and banks are going to stay open it is because 
if you want to talk about creating panic and destroying the economy, don't give people the ability to have access to their money. Don't let them pay their bills. No, banks are, are very much essential, and I think even in the most draconian orders, everybody agrees that the, the banking system has to stay open. Um, let's talk to Dave on the east side. Dave, you're on WTMJ. Oh, yeah. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for today's show. It's uh, incredibly informative. Uh, you know, I'm a retired person, and, and I, I feel pretty safe and comfortable as long as I can continue to, to go shopping for food and to go to the pharmacy when I need my drugs. So uh, I'm, I don't think the measures should be more draconian uh, than they are. Not that they are draconian, but I, I think we have to maintain a flexible response to what's happening in our community. So far, the infection rate is low. The death rate is very low. If it stays low, we can probably uh, 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 allow uh, people to, to get to some of the places that they need to go. But, I, of course, I'm a, I, we do need to keep the theaters and the sports activities closed down. We have no choice. The, the important thing is we don't want to frighten people uh, into overreacting, and I don't think we are right now, but we don't want to be callous and end up with uh, an, a, a situation like in Italy. This is something we absolutely must avoid. I, I think we have to be targeted in who we protect. we got to protect the people in the nursing homes because yep. they're, they're really almost defenseless. We have to protect our doctors and nurses uh, so that they can continue to serve. We've got to try and get all the masks they need. And finally, yep. people who are needing a ventilator, we need good statistics on who really needs the ventilator, not just corona, but other folks who need ventilators. And, and we have to try to target those people. Yep. They, if they don't get the ventilators, they may die from any number of illnesses. It's critical, you know. Yeah, hey, thanks uh, for the call. I, I, and see, and I, don't, I don't disagree. See, I, I, this is why... I mean, I, I think you have to prioritize stuff. And thank you very much for the call, and thanks for listening. Yeah. You, I, I, you know, you have to um, – I, I think it's why we have to prioritize stuff. It's let's get the tests out. Because, again, to me, rather than we're going to close everything down everywhere, what you want to do is you want to, I, I think, if our concern – recognizing that, that in, until there is a vaccine, and even when there's a vaccine, there's going to be a certain percentage of people who don't get the shot. That's just the reality. We know that. So what I think you have to have is, again, I appreciate you want to, people are going to get sick. That, that's just the reality. You're not going to be able to eliminate it. But what you want to do is you want to, again, when they talk about flattening the curve, you want to make sure the healthcare system isn't overwhelmed. I, I get that. To me, what that means, that the practical way you do that is by, by going to the areas where there's a high concentration, getting the testing, and, and making sure you have the services to deal with, with those people and and that's going to change from you know week to week or or whatever because coronavirus is going to be with us for the foreseeable future until you get a vaccine you just want to kind of keep it under control but to me the key to that is again you know it's getting the tests and of course getting the health care workers the masks and the gowns and it, it does sound to me like we're, we're moving towards that all right i i we didn't get around to talking about this today, which is probably just as well, because maybe there'll be more news tomorrow. But I started the program off. I, I think one of the appalling things that is going on in Washington, and I cannot stress that enough, the word is appalling, is the fact that we have partisan gridlock on the, I'm not going to call it a bailout bill, but it's the, the relief bill that is out there. The proposal is, let, let's get money in the hands of people who need it. 
right? You had 47 Democrats vote against moving this to a vote last night. 47 on a strict party line vote. We need to extend unemployment insurance. This would have extended unemployment insurance for an extra four weeks for people. Something, in my opinion, completely appropriate. It would have provided stimulus money. It would have uh, to individuals and to some of the companies in the industries that have been absolutely crippled by this. Look, here's the bottom line. Whether you, you think shelter in place is an overreaction or, or not, bottom line of all this is when we come out of this, whether it's next week or two weeks or longer than that, when we come out of this, if we have cratered the economy, 70% of the U.S. economy is a service industry. If we have cratered the economy, if businesses have closed down, if there aren't jobs for people to come back to, well, yeah, I understand that the coronavirus is a mess, but it, that's going to be a mess if we've cratered the economy and you've got millions and millions of people who are thrown out of work, well, that, that's going to be a whole nother type of problem that we have to consider. But the starting point is let, let's get this stimulus program, let's get this through Congress. And if we're hanging this up over, gee, I want credit for this, or I think there should be another week of this or whatever, that is absolutely unconscionable. And this is a time for... Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to stop playing politics, to stop trying to say, okay, we, we want our all our liberal wish list agenda that we haven't been able to get through, and we're going to hang up relief from businesses and individuals who are suffering because of what's happened in the economy over the course of the last month. We're going to hang that up because we want this or we want that or whatever. If that's what's going on, it's shameful. They should have passed this last night. They should have it done by the time we're speaking tomorrow. Stock market right now down about 500 points. That's actually better than it was when it opened. But, you know, that, that's more real money that people are losing. And every day we go without a stimulus, that's going to be what the market looks like. So for the love of God, our politicians need to get off their butts. They need to stop playing politics, and they need to help the people who need it. All right, when we come back, we're going to find out what John McCure has on his mind, I can guess, for Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Please stick around.